would be an ecumenical matter. Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. We're up now to episode 12, The Plague, and I'm here this week with DJ and musician Graham Harrison. How are you doing, Graham? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm the best, yes. Uh, what are you up to these days, Graham? Starting maybe thinking about working on an Alan Partridge podcast. Fantastic, fantastic. So, might be doing that. Well, I'd say you get a lot of cross... Brilliant. Well, you probably get a lot of crossover listeners from ourselves, because obviously Graham and uh, Arthur showed up in, in Alan Partridge and had a big, a big say in the writing as well, I think. Yes, they were in the episode in I'm Alan Partridge Series 1, where they were the RTE executives. Sunday. Bloody Sunday. <laughs> really encapsulates the frustration of a Sunday. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, it was great. Yeah, so uh, so hopefully we'll look forward to that, hopefully uh, maybe in the near future. And uh, we're talking about, as I said, the plague. And uh, But before we get into that, I do have a few shout-outs to the congregation. Um, we had a note on Facebook from John Bradley, who shared a confession note on uh, that somebody, a priest, had put on a confessional. Did you see this? No. Uh, basically, the note stated very clearly that all confessions must be finished by 5.30 p.m. <laughs> and only to confess your sins and not to bother uh, explaining why you did them. Just to get through them a lot quicker, you know. The, uh, the production line must continue. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And I believe you also have a, a shout-out to your brother-in-law. Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law James, who lives in London, and randomly started talking to me about ecumenical matters, and if I if I listened to it until I explained to him that yes, I, <laughs> I also know the guy, <laughs> friends with the guy who does it, and uh, it was just one of those kind of small world things. But apparently, yeah, fantastic, fantastic, truly. So we are reaching out. Uh, yeah. We're actually yeah, we're, we're sort of hitting now a hundred regular listeners a week, I think. So wow, so we it's are. There. It's creeping, yeah, it's creeping up. Just waiting for that tipping point, you know, where I can finally just say, "I'm a god." Critical mass, that's yeah, it. Critical mass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into the episode in full, uh, let's talk about rabbits. Rabbits, yeah. Do you have any in- in- encounters with rabbits? I used to have a rabbit. Did you? I got Isn't impregnated by my sister's rabbit because rabbit. apparently they were both girls. But uh, no, they weren't. So you thought you'd bought two female rabbits? Yeah. Is there a word for a female rabbit? There is, but I can't remember. Is it a row or something? Or oh, I don't know. It's don't something know. like that. I can't remember. But so, so one of them was obviously male. One of them was ob- obviously male. Yeah. yeah. Whatever I called um, it. Unless it was a Jurassic Park type situation. At it? No, it wasn't. Love Definitely wasn't. Finds a way. <laughs> well, he found a way, all right. Yeah. Well, you got he, so <laughs> you got a brood of rabbits then, did you? Unexpectedly? No, no. We had, we had to give up my rabbits because child support alone would have been killer like yeah <laughs> take on two rabbits the next thing you got 50 of them no yeah exactly exactly um well uh, i had uh, an encounter with a rabbit it's a very creepy one actually really yeah uh i woke up on easter morning when i was about 11 or so and just went uh, outside just to do me playing and uh there's a dead rabbit like it'd been mauled by a dog outside the front door Wow! Yeah, <laughs> so that was uh, that was any illusion I might have had of the Easter Bunny was just. just <laughs> I thought mine was dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, see the, the ones across the way sort of bred greyhounds, and what I imagine happened is that the greyhound, one of the greyhounds, must have sort of got out and smalled a rabbit. Do you think the other greyhounds just kind of? Hold him up on a pedestal for being the one who actually caught the rabbit. You yeah, know? probably, yeah, <laughs> probably. Unless it was just my own family dog, who was a sheepdog, so he do- would have. Oh right. In fact, actually, now that I just had a flashback. Literally, that moment of seeing my own dog attack a different rabbit in a different situation. Might have been your own dog. It must have been your own dog. Now that I think about it, the devil you know. Eh? But- Butler was his name, and I remember coming back from football one time, and, and he was just standing there like growling at a petrified rabbit, like literally 
petrified. It did not move, and then he suddenly attacked it, and uh, it just the rabbit started making this horrible like screeching noise. It was like it was yeah, they scream. Yeah, is they it make screaming. I didn't noises. realize they made any noise, but uh, oh no, they do. Yeah, Watership Down is accurate. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but uh, me neither. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, leporophobia, leporophobia. I think in pronouncing it is probably the what Bishop Brennan would suffer from, and those screams are probably the subject of his very nightmares. Hears them every time he closes his eyes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, so rabbits, eh? It's nature's killer. Great bunch of lads. <laughs> well, we'll get into the episode anyway. Um, and the first thing I was I was about to watch it last night in the early hours and I decided against it because I thought no I have to do this for work so I'll I'll leave it so I just paused yeah. it do you know at the start of the uh, thing just when the helicopters flying over the island yeah switched PlayStation off went to bed thought nothing of it woke up the next morning and resumed from that point and the, the next thing that comes up is instead of Father Ted Father Ben yeah. such an idiot. I put the shorts on my head. God almighty, Brendan, you really are a big fool. <laughs> this, is, this is really top-notch stuff. <laughs> that Brendan's an idiot. <laughs> God, I know someone just like Ben. Big pickle. <laughs> and I don't remember ever seeing this before. Really? I actually thought there was some glitch in the in the all four that fucked up somehow actually whenever I started watching it today I watched it today twice and the first time I watched it it came up and I was like oh yeah this but I I kind of had that brief moment it was like what, what? but then um, well, it's the first time they did anything like that though kind of yeah, crazy credits thing yeah but it was like um, well yeah so they, they totally sort of slapped you in the, across the face by yeah. moving the credits a bit and then it showed what was actually happening it was Fred or Ted and Dougal watching TV waiting for the favorite show Father Ben, yeah, about two priests, at least two priests in a awkward situation, uh, but a much more five p.m. Sunday time slot, I think, than a nine p.m. Friday time slot. Yeah, definitely, it was kind of watered down a bit, but it's pretty funny. I was always kind of thought they should have done a. There's no Father Jack parody character. Yeah, it would have been nice. I thought see that it. would have been good, but then last stage for what is basically a credit joke. You're kind of eating up yeah. a lot of time, you know? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, you couldn't really stretch it too far. Um, but I will come back to this because I do, I do have a theory about this, but I'll, I'll explain it later on. All right. Uh, but you were saying they've never done anything like that, but this is a new type of humour now that they're... We've already seen the amount of different types of humour that Father Ted has indulged in, like uh, gross-out humour and uh, flashback humour and, you know, colour yeah. humour. This is meta-humour, so again, before it's time, really... Like how many yeah, think programs can you actually think of that showed themselves in that sort of stark way? That kind of almost self-parody sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, Simpsons did it? Simpsons Maybe did at it. one point. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of really it's, that well, may have come close. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Um, certainly for a kind of... Live I action. nearly said British. For the UK and Ireland based uh, comedy shows or TV shows I can't think of another one that did anything like that well I mean prove me wrong yeah well <laughs> I mean I can't think of anything either else to my head and obviously the Simpsons were a very big influence on, on Ted and there was a bit do you remember that TV show Dinosaurs that was on like these big yeah uh, puppets 
it was yeah it was kind of like a an american family sitcom played by these animatronic dinosaurs well the simpsons yeah. bart and homer and everyone are just sitting around watching this and bart actually turns around and says it's like they took our lives and put it right up there on screen just basically yeah. saying you fucking ripped us off you dicks <laughs> yeah, basically yeah, yeah. Uh, but so they had, the Simpsons was obviously at it and yeah so but I just wanted to bring that up that uh, oh and the other thing there was a meet your maker in that little clip Arthur Matthews Arthur, as Arthur, Father Ben as Father Ben himself yeah Yeah. so he's now 5-1 up so this has turned into a whitewash oh no he's yeah he's destroying London here yeah I mean London needs a, a big second half comeback to sort of have any chance in this ironically Lennon's probably the better guy for comedy acting I think uh, yeah well I think he's I think uh, Arthur is more of the pure writer I think yeah uh, and Graham is more the overall whole like he would have more say in the in the presentation I think I, I, I would imagine there's a couple more Lenehan's coming up isn't there I think I think he does show up more than he has done so far. I do remember a few different times. I just I don't think he's going to overtake five though. No, I don't think I he's going think to make back the deficit. He's uh, this is a, I think this might be a whitewash. Well, not a whitewash, but a series win. I think it'll be a comfortable win for mm. Matthews. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lovely jumper on Dougal. The costume the costume department had a bit of a field day today, didn't they? Oh, Dougal. Yeah, I don't remember the jumper. What yeah, was it? Was it a was it grey or something? Grey with a design on it with the uh, you know little diamonds. Just going all the way down it. Nice Pringle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Some Pringle. Yeah. Uh, it goes it just went against his normal uh, either brown or it's normally a kind of russet coloured uh, yeah. sweater vest type affair. So I wonder I'm gonna have an eye out on how far or how adventurous they get with Dougal's jumpers. So because Do you think it was premeditated, is that uh, I don't I don't know if it was premeditated. I think it sort of probably picked up steam, Do you know, when he started wearing the red jumper and then there was a joke about and you were wearing your blue jumper. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think they're going to run with it now. I think this is them sort of kicking on from that. Really? Ah, hello, Bishop Brennan. <laughs> I think you got the wrong number when you called there. <laughs> Shut up, Quilly. Shut up. I'll make this quick. What would the following words suggest to you? Jack, sleepwalking, and bollock naked. <laughs> in the last six months. You may have heard of Brian Noonan, hmm? a very important junior minister and a personal friend of mine. And I can tell you the last thing he and his family needs to see is the vision of an elderly priest wearing only a pair of socks and a hat. <laughs> now, I'll be around on Thursday to examine the security arrangements. And, Crilly... Yes? If you ever try to bullshit me like that again, I will rip off your arms. <laughs> But, jeez, uh, Len has some nice uh, quarters, doesn't he? Len's bathroom? Yeah. That, yeah, one of the things, it's actually the first thing that I wrote in my notes. Yes, I have notes. You have notes? Um, nice, nice. Was use of sets. In series two, so much more, so many more sets. You can tell the budget was a lot higher. You know, yeah. obviously, parts at B were willing to put more money into the production because from thinking about it you get more sets inside the house you get the yeah. spare room you get Jack's when Jack's room's hop appeared before in the episode where it, he dies it has yeah in front of commas dies and um, the spare room I don't think you've seen before uh, it has it has come up before once I think uh, when 
Was it the nun? Sister, yeah. yeah. Sister, one sister of or something. Yeah, sister yeah. or something. <laughs> has staying over. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, but then you also get, like, I don't want to jump the gun on other scenes, but Tom's. Tom's flat. Yeah. Tom's place exterior. Yes, which did seem very. It didn't seem to fit very, very organically, I didn't think. No, it's very out of keeping with the rest of it, but then it kind of suits Tom. Yeah, <laughs> so it's true. like maybe it's that's true. the point. It's like, it looks like something straight from Seven. Well, since we're, um, since we're on about this, uh, Tom's place, I did. Uh, what what did you come out of? You said Seven. I said Dexter. Uh, with his protective sheets. The plastic, yeah, yeah. the plastic sheet sheeting kind of between the kitchen, uh, if you can call it that, and the rest of the room. And did you notice what was written in the background? No. In big red le letters, written backwards, M U R D. Yeah, I saw words, but I, I don't want to cheat. You copying from another boy's work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're sharing your ideas. <laughs> what are you playing at, man? Uh, but yeah, so I mean, as you, as you say, yeah, they are, they are getting more expensive with their, yeah, with with their where they're going to be. Uh, but yeah. I mean, when you, when when I was looking back, I did sort of slowly notice that they weren't actually confining themselves to the house that much. There's the lots of locations. Well, there was the odd few location shots and things like that. Yeah. Um. There was like the dog track was. It's not really a set as such, but it's more like a location shot. That yeah, cause outside that little clubhouse sort of idea. Yeah, yeah. Could have been like some sort of local GA pitch or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily a dog track, but. And they've been. Well, see, they've been to different locations in different episodes as mm -hmm. well. Um, so you know they, they they have they have always had that that scope. Yeah. Anyway. They've always sort of wanted to pull the camera back from just the house, mm -hmm. um, and it did. I think that sort of helped its success and popularity because it wasn't just three three priests living together. It was three priests living on a fully populated island. Like. And yeah, it was like a, it wasn't just like very insular, just like the house. It's like the kind of community or the exactly yeah, yeah. exactly exactly. Um, lifts it a bit yes yeah. like the faulty towers is pretty much like or those kind of which I also love it's pretty much just that hotel mm. you know there's maybe like I think maybe once maybe. it strays away from it but um, and that's when it gets in the car and gets the car. a bit insular after a while but um, yeah see I was never the biggest fan of faulty towers really and a couple of scenes today reminded me of it there's one scene in particular that reminds me yeah. of it I think it's the same one that you're thinking of at least when he jumps down the stairs up the stairs yeah, yeah trying to distract somebody from going into a room that sort of kind um, of farce sort of exactly yeah and I mean overall I was I was actually a bit let down by this episode I have to say because really it was yeah I mean I remember I remember loving this episode because it is a hilarious idea that the bishop is scared <laughs> of rabbits yeah, but it then is. it becomes just you know the, the old oh we have to keep something from somebody so let's get into crazy excuses sort of territory and it did start to grate for a while and it started to feel like I actually wrote down feels like faulty towers and it was starting to feel like I have seen this before and it's when they're trying to hide a dead body it's actually yes than it's kind of like that. it is kind of like the dead yeah. body episode yeah. of faulty towers except instead of a dead body it's rabbits mm. and but it's not the rabbits he's trying to move it's it's just he's trying to keep laying out of the room so all he's doing is filling gaps and in, in filling time on the screen like it's it's not that it's not as funny it's not as physical comedy and it's it's just Okay, we're scraping a barrel of a lie hole here. Like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Gremlin and Arthur Matthews said this was basically just our kind of nod towards those kind of shows Probably, and that kind yeah. of thing. Like, almost like a, because it's the only real one like it. 
That yeah, exactly. It's the only it's, one that goes to the sitcom tropes. If you really analyze it, yeah, it's it's not as kind of unique as some of the other episodes exactly, it, yeah. it does seem to be very much a head nod towards other things but it does include all these other elements which are very very fa- like as you say like ahead of their yes time yeah, stuff like yeah. well I mean when I said I want to come back to Father Ben I think this was giving them a message to the audience this is our sort of our, our sitcom tropey episode because I actually mentioned yeah. in uh, episode t- uh, 9 there when chatting to Jordan and Ollie in London um, that if a TV show is running long enough, uh, they do have to sort of go to a, a stock episode and just mm-hmm. put their own characters into a familiar storyline. And this, I think, was the ten episodes of the series. Yeah, it's a longer series, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's still, still just the two of them, and they still only have yet once to write it, whatever it was, and write and produce it. So there probably were just sort of right. Well, we go to we'll go to the father or we'll go to the Faulty Towers episode. But we'll put Len Brennan's Freddy Rabbits because that is a that's a fun yeah. idea. Like, and at least they put their own stamp that much on it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's this series as well, the one with the kind of fake disaster movie on a plane. Uh, yes, it is actually. That's yeah. the same one as that's well. This is kind of, of like. Series. Yeah. Uh, again, again, I mean, I haven't watched it in a few years now, but that is one of one of the ones I don't have a greatest fondest memories of. But a lot of my friends no. do, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a open mind with a bit more and see how it goes yeah I, it's actually one I've watched myself recently and um, in my opinion is one of the weaker ones mm. I have to say even like Father Ted at his weakest still brilliant exactly yeah but it's it's not held with the same kind of fondness as some of the exactly others. yeah exactly like I don't think I'm going to say it now I don't think this one's going to be a top 5 in fact this is really very low this mm. might even be a bottom 5 I well, wouldn't be as harsh as that with it, but well, I'm willing. Uh, well, to, no, I haven't said that. I'm trying to think of like four worse than us. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, but I, d- I enjoyed it. I did like it. No, well, I mean, see, the thing was, usually, like on the first page of my notes, the whole left-hand margin would just be full of time codes of things that of notable or funny you have moments. Time codes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I have to queue it up for myself. Uh, oh right, to, right. To fit it in the end, but this one's very sparse. I mean. Like a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, first minute zero, one minute two twenty seven, three eleven, four seventeen, five oh three, six oh three. So that's six in the first six minutes. Whereas this one, it was zero, three twelve, four thirty two, and six ten. So it was less funny moments, and they're not even clips. They're just things I just want to note down. Like so, like the first. Is that how you send the codes to the Russian spies? It is. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, they've got the camera up there somewhere. I think it might be a smoke alarm, but we'll <laughs> is it that beeping thing with the red flashing light? That's the one. Yeah, that's Good. the one. As Good long as stuff. they're in uh, constant contact. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to get back to Len's domestic chambers, it was very regal and decadent, and uh, he had a massive uh, self-portrait of himself. I that was the first thing I noticed yeah. about it was like that's a really nice kind of bathroom setup he's got there. And then it's just like the massive oil painting yeah. with a big gold frame of himself and his robes looking over him. <laughs> yes, and did you, did you notice that his left hand there's a little like money or a little note, uh, a little note of currency of some sort. Really? So yeah, he was clearly oh, quite happy know. to indulge in his own uh, in his own wealth. I didn't, I didn't clock that at all. Well, I didn't see, clock that much. The reason the reason I noticed that is because I was working last year in a place called Middle Temple. It's a um, sort of it's effectively a private members club for barristers and that's not what it is but that's the same kind of idea yeah uh, and it's just like ridiculously old it's like 1210 or something is when it was built 
but they have these massive porches, literally about the size of the window there, about maybe six to, well, actually closer to eight to ten feet, like, long. Wow, like, yeah. Huge, huge. And like Charles the First and Victoria and stuff, and these are actual commissioned paintings. Beckham. Uh, not Beckham yet, oh, but right. uh, give it a few years yet. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so they have the... Um, What's in their hands is always very significant. I've noticed that from these paintings. Yeah, it's so, so they usually have the crown or the scepter. And sometimes it's keys for some reason. I can't yeah. remember. I remember. How do I know this? Uh, might a useless crap. I, <laughs> like, oh, I yeah, exactly. I have no idea where I get it from, but it's something like keys represent something. Yeah, probably I don't know. A rose represents something. It's like they all have these representative yes, meanings. Yeah, it was. It's like. Like the coat of arms, every yeah. like everything on a coat of arms has to have some visual uh, <coughs> common context, like yeah. Uh, but so that's that's why I noticed what he was holding his hands. But uh, yeah, he's fairly happy enough to indulge his uh, get you his wealth. Yeah. Amateur <laughs> art historian, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he indulges a few other things as well because there's a shisha pipe uh, in there as well now. Is <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously he uh, he's joined in the bath after he hangs up the phone by a new lady. A new lady. A new lady. Yeah. So. Uh, well, you're not going to get in your clothes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it's good to be a glass of champagne on the side there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. And uh, but an example of them trying to fill up space though was the fact that Bishop Brennan phoned twice, and it was like, uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then tried to pretend that he was making the wrong phone call and just put down the phone again. It's like a really bad French accent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, again, that's a very low-hanging fruit for Father Ted. Just to, you know, come up with that sort of thing, and they can't all be zingers, James. That's what it is, you know. Sometimes you got to go for the sometimes low hanging fruit. Just to, if you're trying to turn out, was it ten episodes ten in the series? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta but you gotta make some concessions, you do, you but do. there's there's some crackers in this episode as well. well there's though. some there's some great lines, yeah. There's some great lines. Oh, there's some bangers in. For there. example, <laughs> Len's sign off. If you ever talk to me like that, if you ever say fact to me like that again, I'll rip off your hands. <laughs> I'll rip off your arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's the smile he gives as well. It's the yeah. Len Brennan threatening smile. Yeah. It's like, the smile is very pleasant. It's the eyes, they're like, I was going to say like a shark's eye, like a doll's eye. No, but it's like really threatening eyes, yeah. you know, like serial killer eyes. That, that he, would, he would enjoy, he would enjoy seeing tendons rip, I think. And he would, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and then Dougal goes through a, a few rabbit names. Uh, Ted. He, w- he wants to call it Father Ted in the first. He wants to call it no, Ted. He wants to call Ted. And he wants to call Father Ted Father Ted all the time. This is. I love Arlo Hanlon in this scene. is fantastic. Just like his reactionary bits. Because there's the bit where Ted's like. Well, I think I might cause a bit of confusion because, of course, I'm Ted. And he's like. Yes. Ah, yes. right. Right. Yeah, of you can just see. <laughs> you see the thought process slowly catching up, like the bits falling into place. And then Mrs. Doyle coming in. And then he watches her leave the room, and you know what's going to come out of his mouth next. Like it's just without yes. saying anything, he just conveys so much humor, and you can see the wheels turning. In his exactly, head, <laughs> very slowly. Exactly, yeah. you can see them turning, and uh, no, it's just he cracks me up. And uh, well, Ted, Ted's about to get Jack to open up about why Jack's always so aggressive. <laughs> and, just, that, and just as Jack's about to about to lean forward yeah, he's about to extol <laughs> his deepest darkest feelings well possibly more likely with Jack he's about to just say something <laughs> sarcastic and punch him in the eye but <laughs> ah Ted Biker Grove Biker Grove <laughs> oh god yes after Biker Grove <laughs> <laughs> Biker 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 Grove I hated that show with a passion I never watched it uh, it's always just got skipped 
Yeah, I, I always switched over to the other side when yeah. one of those ones came on. Over to ITV. Yeah. What's on there? Yeah, exactly. Nothing's better than Biker Grove. Even Countdown. <laughs> PJ and Duncan. Oh my god. Yeah, well, I was going to say that was where they they got their first start as well. So yeah. No, I did a paintballing. Is that what happened in this TV show? I can't remember which. I don't know which one's which. Is Deck the taller one? I have no idea. Uh, I think so. Declan Donnelly, yeah. The, the right. taller one who looks a bit more like he'd be better suited being a spied. Yeah. He was the one who got blinded paintballing. And then he spent like his rest of the time on the show being like a blind guy and making jokes about, oh, move to the left. I can't see the TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Baker become Grove. better. Yeah, this is Baker Grove dealing with, you know, everyday issues yeah. of, of young people living in Tyne and Weir. Well, I've never lived in Tyne and Weir, so maybe that is the kind of Maybe it's very hijinks. common. Yeah, they you get up to see people like with white sticks and stained faces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Biker Grove was always like the the, uh, the cheaper Grain Chill, wasn't it? Exactly. It's a yeah. Who's that of British talent? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Grain Chill, I did give a, the time of day to towards like when it was the right age, like, but Biker Grove, I just never never bothered with like. So. I never really watched much of Grain Chill, but I just. The, the funniest thing you know, yeah the funniest thing about Grange Hill was in Shooting Stars do you know the way George Dawes always did one of his be drum outruns yeah and the round will when you hear this noise and he always just made these random noises or random phrases one of them was like we're only trying to help you Roland from <laughs> Grange Hill and it was just so funny and that's, it, that's it, the best thing that Grange Hill ever did to my life uh, I think that was it was good enough on the show when you're that age. Uh, I, I did have me hanging on tenderhooks waiting for next week's episode a few times, like so. The dramatic cliffhanger. Yeah. Well, there was there was kids getting stabbed in the face and stuff. Really? Yeah. Uh, over like. What was this? It it was a pretty hard hitting show. Like they had, they had like uh, somebody got a, a heroin addiction, died from it. Like. Jesus. Yeah. I clearly never watched enough of this. Yeah, I just gonna watch five minutes of like. Social, these are social responsible shows that you're supposed to watch just to to learn how to stay that drugs are bad. Okay. I don't know what I was watching then. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's Grange Hill. Uh, useful. Grange Hill podcast? No. No, no. No, 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 no. no. That. I, don't think I, I think it's spread pretty thin as it is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's revisit. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ted, or Dougal Fanny does, um, does come up with the name for the rabbit. Come on, Sampras. <laughs> what did you call him? Sampras, like Pete Sampras. <laughs> Well, you know, rabbits, tennis, you know that whole connection there. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, we'll just release these spare ones into the wild, OK? Ah, uh, look at him there on his own without any other rabbits for company. <laughs> you must feel like Brian Keenan after they took John McCarthy away to another cell. Pete Sampras? Well, Sampras, Sampras. after Pete Sampras. Do you remember Pete Sampras? I do remember Pete Sampras. Very hairy American tennis player. With a great serve. He had a great serve. Unbelievable. I've never actually seen someone with a better serve. Backhand like a rusty gate, mind you, but a great serve. Yeah. Well, this pretty apt today is now the Wimbledon final, and Murray was playing some guy I'd never heard of before. I had heard of the guy, Berditch, was that it? Or no? Something like that, yeah. But I don't. Is it over? It probably is over, isn't it? Yeah. Well, up to the minute here in ecumenical matters, uh, we're not aware yet of who's won. So. <laughs> One of them guys. One of them lads. But we're not doing a tennis podcast, so we'll, we'll leave that to after. Thank Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did have some topical humour as well because uh, when Dougal was putting the rabbit away, 
when, took this, when Ted took the second rabbit away and Dougal put his put Sampras into the cage he do, Ted said that uh, that Sampras must feel like Brian Keenan after they took John McCarthy to, <laughs> to another cell. cell do you know what that is in reference to it sounds like it was it Beirut was it or I can't remember where I it was, was but it was Iran. like um, was Terry Waite in that as well it was Terry Waite Brian Keenan and I don't know I can't remember their names but it was the Iran hostages wasn't McCarthy it was it Iran was I it? think so yeah I think it was Iran Iran, I just said it like yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I George Bush Junior. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Iran. Yes, um, I I don't know the country. I always kind of had it in my head that it was Beirut or something. It, it might be. I might be getting mixed up with there was. I might be getting up with mixed up with the American ones. Maybe it was Beirut actually. I remember a bit of that. I remember Terry White getting released, and the BBC obviously jumping all over that, and then to a lesser extent. Keenan McCarthy wasn't it but obviously BBC didn't really care about them so much because they were Irish weren't they yeah so uh, well, Brian Keenan was uh, John McCarthy probably was as well I think just from his yeah, I, d- I don't know I, d- I don't know a lot about the history of it I remember it being on TV I remember yeah. it being a thing and I kind of got the joke something about it. there was other jokes as well because in Partridge they make yeah. a joke about being chained to a radiator or something yes, yeah. <laughs> and so um, yeah they seem to mind a lot of comedic humour out of the, the hostages, like because there was also um, there was a big train sketch where the Beatles manager, what was his name, uh, George George Martin, George Martin, yes, George Martin. Uh, the sketch is basically somebody a documentary team's interviewing him, and they just start him off on a on a story about the Beatles, and it just runs on and on and on until basically he gets taken by Arab terrorists. And they, they get so sick of him, they just stick him in the bottom of the, of the truck and just hide him away. And he's still talking and talking and talking. And uh, <laughs> eventually, yeah, eventually it gets to the, like, the actual cell and they're all like, please just get me out of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brian Keenan and the other hostages, they were they were captured for quite a long time. Like it was, it was 400 odd days. Well, yeah, I think it was, it was over a year. Like yeah, a well over a year. And, you know, if anyone was taking hostages these days in that part of the world, you'd be surprised if they learned, lasted the day. Like, they really yeah it's dark territory we're, yeah, exactly. we're uh, treading here um, I suppose the thing about that was it's a lot of shows about the mid 90s kind of were allowed to make fun of that because I believe it was very early 90s when they all got released so there's yeah. that period of time South Park make the joke about it it's like how long can you leave this horrible thing before you can actually have, make fun about it they do it with it's yeah, AIDS, isn't yeah. it? And it's like somebody makes an AIDS joke and everybody laughs and say, well, we can laugh about it now because it's been like 27 years. Yeah, and it exactly. turns out after 27 years, you can <laughs> laugh about anything. And it's like, right, okay. Um, obviously, in a satirical way, it's not funny, but um, as an issue. Yes, no, but, it was, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird that there's all these kind of mid-90s shows to make a, a bit of a reference. Well, the Simpsons also made a, a reference to it. Uh, Mo says, well, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which would actually probably reflect quite a lot of uh, a lot of opinion. But yeah, that is it is very heavy topics for Father Ted Sunday afternoon podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get back to the big rabbit rock festival that Dougal feels like uh, the crowd of rabbits is now like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, which which festival? What kind of music do you think they were playing? Would it be it would be Woodstock definitely. I don't know why, but the name Woodstock came into my head whenever he said it's like it a came big to my rabbit head rock festival. That Even, was the weird thing I was going to say actually about the Sampras thing. Do you know the way Dougal says, you know, rabbits, tennis, that whole connection? Yes. Does anybody else get this where in your head it kind of go, oh, yeah. And then you kind of go, wait, what? Yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of, you're, it's, he's very easy to jump on board his stupidity. 
It's yes, like, yeah, because he's so content with it. It's almost like he's. I think in this episode he's coming across more. He's not a complete. It's not like he's a complete simpleton. He's just very much. Well, he is kind of stupid, but he's just detached. He's in his own world yeah. very heavily. Uh, he's just operating Almost, in his own bubble in his own yeah exactly he, op- he operates in his own way because he comes up with something sometimes especially this episode that he makes a suggestion which makes sense and Ted does it yeah uh, I was going to say he does that quite a lot actually because it was his idea to to train Jack to say ec- that, that would be an ecumenical matter and uh, it's his idea and to you wouldn't have had a podcast yeah, yeah ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> or at least a podcast name well yeah or at least this name we, well we own we own, we own lots of that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the hashtag messed up with some American uh, American like, Bible Belt uh, preacher I think or something are these people that you do not want to be uh, no, they accidentally see, associated they, they with they do just seem like theologians that are just discussing economic oh, right, matters okay. so they're it's not, not like, too bad yeah. they're not crazy no, they're not the, the Baptist church we're going, going to go and protest soldiers funerals yeah. that sort of bollocks no, no I don't think it's anything <laughs> I, think it, I think it is just you know they're just discussing ecumenical matters but I, oh, I, right, I, I capitalise it they don't so that's the difference just in case you're wondering guys <laughs> uh, but yeah we both went to Woodstock which is uh, which is odd which, which Woodstock though 69 or 99 oh no definitely 69 <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, it, if it had to be Rabbit Rabbits if it was 99 oh I know and then Limp Bizkit would play and uh, the place would go on fire no thank you sir <laughs> um, but uh, we get Larry Duff comes back uh, again he's been he's, this is episode 5 I think of this series no, this is episode 6 of the series and it's his 5th appearance I think so he's, like, he's, he's, really, he's really appearing very regularly already. Hello, Larry. Ah, hello, Ted. How is it hanging? Um, it's, it's hanging fine, Larry. Uh, listen, I have a bit of a problem here. Uh, you remember you were looking for a few rabbits around the place? Oh, I do, Ted. That's one of my all-time fantasies. I'd love to have a few hundred rabbits running all over the place. <laughs> well, today's your lucky day. We've got loads of the things. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Ted. I won't be able to take them. Why not, Larry? I sort of gave up on the rabbits idea. Well, it just seemed too far-fetched. So I got 12 Rottweilers instead. <laughs> I'd love to take the rabbits, only I'd be afraid the Rottweilers might uh, upset them, you know. Yes, Larry, I, I understand. Bye. Ah, bye, Ted. <laughs> oh, you're a bad dog. Don't you look at me like that? You're a very bad dog! Oh, <laughs> He's getting killed a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but again, he doesn't actually get killed. He, he just gets very badly, mean. very badly hurt. Yeah. Right. I mean, the worst accident he's had is the first time he showed up where he with a car drove off the cliff, and I, I possibly oh, yeah, yeah. that perhaps he has an ejector seat in the car. It's one of those new mobile phones, isn't that? Exactly. It? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tremendous fun. He would have an ejector seat in his car, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, but this time, he this time it's not the mobile uh, Ted phones. It's his house phone. Which yep. is pr- so maybe it's just the mobile that's uh, it's an old style rotary number in a pale blue, I believe. Uh, yes, that's yes, exactly, exactly. And it's not until he actually puts the phone down that the Rottweilers attack him, because that's what happens. He gets attacked by his own Rottweilers. Yeah. After Ted asks, "Can he take the rabbits?" I just got twelve Rottweilers instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like pans out and there is yeah. huge dogs sitting around him. Uh, it, it actually reminded me of. Do you remember James Nesbitt was doing BT ads about say ten years ago? From art class, yes, to Portland own, yes, uh, and hate Jim. And uh, yeah, it was, it was like they were advertising that they also do a phone book, and uh, he was trapped by a Rottweiler, and he was sitting on his breakfast bar, and he was like dog handlers. Hello, really? you do house calls. 
Oh, hello, yes. Um, could you give me the number for a dog training school in Guildford, please? I'd particularly like one that does home visits. Today would be preferable. Uh -huh. Text me. No, could you actually put me straight through? Good doggy. Sit. Sit! Sorry, not you, no. Okay, stand. No, standing's good. 118 Oh, yes. Oh, God. Yeah, and he's just sitting there. And, oh, I'd rather you see me now or something. I can't even remember, but uh, that's all, what it put me in mind of. It's all flowing back to me yeah. like a, a wave of sewage. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 you! Yes, father? Rats! Yes, father, we can see them as well. Hairy Japanese... Bastards! And then Jack wakes up to see the uh, plague of rabbits, and his response. Rats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, rats. Rabbits are sort of rats. I mean, well, they're rodents. Yeah. yeah, they're the same family. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, like they're very visually similar. Similar, similar as well. If you trim them down well, they do get. They start to look kind of ratty. Yeah. Right, and not then, that I've tried. And then if you keep going, if you keep sizing them up, they become kangaroos. What are those big doofers? You know those big, huge hamster type things? Where they're like big guinea pigs and people keep them as pets, like crazy people with too what, much like money. The size of a dog or what? Oh, they're bigger than a dog. They're like, well, they're probably about the size of a big dog, actually. Really, right? I've never heard of those. Oh, I can't remember the name. Is it a goa or something like that? It's this big, is kind this of like, like the size of a small deer. I think they're from South America, but I can't think of the name of them. See, when you said that, I was going to bring South Park back with the uh, the the happening, or not the happening, the uh, startling. The startling. Yeah. When the, the giant. Uh, the, the giant, giant guinea pigs. Yeah. All oh, right. No, no, they're not that. They're not that big. But um, no, they're like these big, huge. They're really rodenty looking as well. Right. But people keep them as pets, and so why, why do rats why? have such a bad reputation then? The plague because of the plague and their tails they have unattractive tails and, and the plague and the but if we just gave them a fair chance I think you know yeah, well, we uh, could see them in a different light but we've consigned them to the sewers where they spread yeah, and they, diseases they, that they kill millions free. of people so they're probably living free between the walls of this building back in the way I heard something scratching earlier that really it sounded uh, very big yeah. could be a mouse it could be I'd really rather not think could about it could be a hepped up mouse <laughs> hepped up on goofballs hepped up on goofballs <laughs> and going wild <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Ted had another. Well, basically, they realised that they can't keep the rabbits here if uh, Len's coming. So Len has a deathly fear of rabbits, as we said. Yeah. What's the word again? Leporophobia, which sounds like he's got a fear of lepers, unless that was or the, leopards or leopards. Yeah, uh, the the large cats, unless that was Wikipedia just uh, trolling me by changing that. But <laughs> could be someone's gone on, just messed about with definitions. Yeah. But how do you think the rabbits got into the lift that Len was in? To uh, probably burrowed in for real rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the New York City architecture can't can't handle the uh, a fungal infestation of rabbits That's going it. through their, their yeah. elevator systems. <laughs> That's it's just deliciously absurd. That I just love that kind of humor. Just like yeah. it's so absurd. And they, they kept it's great. They kept nibbling on his cloak, which I can't imagine why it was so horrible for him. Like surely that'd be yeah, but then he goes on. He's just. A, and that sort of thing and it's like what else did they do to you but he never really elaborates on You're it right, you, know, okay. you can see the terror in his face and it's just like what did the rabbits do to you Len 
Well, he would have been in New York, probably visiting his son, of course. Yeah, his illegitimate son. Yeah. So maybe his son had brought rabbits, and maybe there's just a there's just a, this sort of detached trauma of <gasps> the son situation and the rabbits or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of like negative association. Yeah, that's uh, that's the. What that sounds like a thing. Is that, that a thing? Well, let's just assume it, it sounds is. like it. It is a thing. Yeah. Uh, doctor, yeah, I, I like your prognosis. Yeah. Doctor Graham's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Take two parts of them all. Shut up. Yeah, yeah just shh, shh, easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> uh, so Ted tries to offload these rabbits in a variety of ways. Uh, first idea is to go to a greyhound track, <laughs> and but he seems to have got the idea mixed up because they get a greyhound teddy and try to get the rabbits to chase it. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the track, it goes, boing! Yeah. <laughs> it's flying off the end. Classic. Uh, but that was, yeah, that idea sort of fell flat when the rabbits didn't actually move out of their, out of their hutches. You can actually see, or you can just about see, I think, in one of the traps, whenever they open, you can see, like, a stagehand throw one of the rabbits, like, about a couple of, not, like, violently, but, like, a couple of feet out, and they just kind of sit there, and they're nibbling on the grass, yeah. and sniffing about like rabbits do. So you, you reckon that was a stagehand? I thought that was a joke in the show but you could be all right well I mean a rabbit wouldn't jump like that just randomly yeah, I think, that's I think it, there's some sort of impetus there to well, get it to go it, like that like one because of he seems to kind of come out backwards as well yeah <laughs> well, that's what I think one of the farmers might have just given a wee nudge but uh, like it could have been put something. a snake in there with it you know just yeah <laughs> well it could have been something because you know the, the, the golden rule is don't work with children or, children or animals so they probably had this idea of having this rabbit. Not for vets yeah. or pediatricians. Or pediatricians, well, yeah. Yeah, it work. <laughs> I found that bit fell flat, did you know? The the greyhound race? It was a wee bit, but I mean, the kind of concept was fun. It was it was kind of funny, but more by the concept Again, than uh, the actual execution. Yeah. I mean, the there was nothing wrong with the execution. No, but it's it, just not. It was more of a funny idea than, than funny, if you know what I mean. It's not going to get on Channel 4's 100 best comedy moments. Yeah, it's yeah. not, no. But did you notice Paddy, I believe his name is, I can't, they give his surname as well, but I meant to write it down, but I didn't. Um, the guy who owns the track. Right, did yeah. You know, did you notice who he is? I didn't pick him up, no. I didn't. He's the same guy who played the husband from the couple in Hell, the episode Hell, the one who ends up naked on the front of the car. Was it the same guy? I'm pretty sure that's him, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Uh, well, that would be quite a revelation. So, obviously, all is forgiven. Because I, I saw him and I was thinking, why did I know that guy? Where did I know him from? I definitely, yeah. Because you don't really hear him speak in hell. No, you don't. They kind no. of, unless he's wearing like the kind of boiler suit thing, the overalls yes. and the hat and all. So he's fully I'm, dressed. I'm then. pretty sure it's him. Right, okay. Yeah, that would be yeah, interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 99% <laughs> sure it's him. Well, uh, that's what it is, because that is quite cool. It is him. I but checked see, it. I was going Nobody to say. Check it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say they. That would mean that uh, he's been forgiven for uh, for his philandering, or not his philandering, his uh, his voyeurism in hell. But they don't seem to uh, adhere to time timelines at all in this and in Featherhead because yeah, different things. Sort of the calendar jumps about. Timelines get in the way. Exactly. Timelines yeah. ruin things. Yeah, when when you try to keep a chronology to it, especially for comedy shows when you don't need one, exactly, unless you're yeah. telling a story like a big story, like in I don't know, sitcom that tells a whole. Story, Silicon Valley, The Office, in the thick of it, the thick of it, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, if you're not doing that, and it's like kind of just episodic humor, 
that's yeah. interchangeable you could like shuffle all the episodes up and it doesn't really matter exactly yeah exactly I think, I think that's what they were aiming at as well yeah. and you know there's, there's episodes where clearly months have gone past it's maybe not the same guy yeah you know it's just well, the guy who looks like him it maybe could be just twin brother well exactly like the the, uh, the gene pool would be very small on Craggy Island wouldn't it so yeah, yeah. it's almost like a sparagraph <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get to then the other idea he has to to get rid of the rabbits is to bring to Tom because he asked Tom to take <gasps> care of them. Who's that? Go in. Uh, Tom, it's just us. Alright, fan. One down. Tom knows about this type of thing. He'll help us. Hello, fellas. Uh, Hello, Tom. Would you like something to eat? I can do you up a salad. <laughs> no thanks. Some other time. <laughs> right, fan. I believe you have a few rabbits for me. Yes, they're in the car. Right, I'll be with you in a moment. <laughs> Ted, what's Tom going to do again? I don't know, really. He just said he'd take care of them. He told me he'd collect them all together and put them somewhere safe. Yeah. All right. So he, he's going to look after them. He's put them in a big pen where they can run around and have a bit of a play. <laughs> so there'll be absolutely nothing to worry about. <laughs> that puts my mind to rest. <laughs> ah, there he is. Right, fella. Let's get to it. That's a very impressive sword. Where exactly are you going to put the rabbits? In the vice, fella. <laughs> In the vice? Yeah, I'll show you. I've been plexing here with this timer. First you stun it, right? Then you put him in the vice. <laughs> Grab his legs there, fella. Um, uh, Tom, you, you know um, the phrase to take care of something? Yes, fella. Well, I realise now that you meant that in a sort of Al Pacino way. Whereas I was thinking more along the lines of Julie Andrews. Uh, don't worry, fella, they won't feel it, ye. Uh, no, Tom, on, fella, you can have a go yourself if you want. No, no, Tom, honestly, it's a bit cruel. I could run him down in me van. <laughs> Dougal, I, I think we'd better be off. What's the problem there, Ted? I mean, not that can kill us all, fella. Sorry about that, Tom. Fick it. Fick it, anyway! Run, Dougal, run quite fast, quite fast. <laughs> Pat Short. Pat Short returns. Pat Short, yes. Uh, what's your what's your memories of Pat Short then? I love Pat Short. I think he's hilarious. I was recently at a wedding. Well, I say recently. It was almost a year ago. And um, whenever I was there, the hotel I was staying in, Pat Short was playing that night. Oh, fantastic! Right on his tour, and I him? hadn't have had to go to that dinner. No, I'm oh, <laughs> no it's like. Um, but then there was some, I was somewhere else as well. Where was I? I was somewhere else and he was playing like the next night as well. It was like he was following me around. Oh, shit, right. But I never got to see him. Ah, oh, shit. He's great live. Anybody hasn't seen him live, there's videos on YouTube and I must have from him. Um, he, is, he is, he's usually popular. He had that unbelievable show, which I haven't seen much of. Robo Guard. Uh, is it? I, it's like the, it? the Guard version of Robocop. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I, I have seen that one actually, yeah. And uh, he did a film called Garage. Do you ever see it? I never, I haven't actually seen Garage yet. It's, it's a, Great film, great wee film. Um, He's in Calvary. Have you seen it? I haven't seen that. It's on my, it's on my queue on Amazon. You should, you should be watching make, that. Make, make a, make a point of watching that instantly. It's right. It's yeah. So good. He's, he's a fairly prominent character in, in that. Calvary. He's very good. Right. Okay. He's uh, in something else as well. He's in like all those kind of the McDonald Brothers ones. He's in most of them that yes. are set in Ireland. Yeah. Well, he's he he did a lottery ad, like an Irish lottery ad, and. Uh, it was just this, you know, supposed to be this farmer character who, who also could do the lottery, basically just to show yeah. that no matter what, where, which town you're in, you can find somewhere with the lottery tickets. And uh, 
it, I can't even remember the context of it, but just at the end of the ad, it just this real close up of his face. Yeah. Basically, just from his chin to his hairline. He goes, "That's right." And that, <laughs> that sort of became his unofficial catchphrase. And that ad was only on for like two weeks or something. And I remember him saying in an episode that, or a, in an interview later, it was like, I don't know how that's caught on. People were like, he was doing like a phone in, and people were texting in. That's right. <laughs> and he goes, this was, "That was only two weeks on like uh, on like five different TV shows. How did that catch on so, so strongly?" He's he's an absolute genius. It's. I don't know if you ever seen. Have you ever seen him do stand up? Uh, I haven't seen much of it. Not well. I, actually, no, I haven't seen any of it. Don't think about it. I, I don't know much. if he always does this, but most of the shows I've seen him do, he plays a character, and it's not really the guy you're meant to be there to see. Right. Okay. It's like the janitor, or you know, one of these characters who's in the place and comes out and starts talking to the audience. Right. Okay. And it's basically all audience participation, making very awkward-looking people feel very. Awkward, <laughs> um, talking about them like they've known them all their lives and telling stories about them and all this is just fantastic. It's oh, how great. you can do that, and there's such an element of ad living in there. It's he's unbelievable. Like right, okay, I must I must look onto that then. I'll get him on yeah, YouTube. He's really good. Really share, good. share it on the Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Ecumenical Matters. <laughs> yes, yeah. that one. And uh, yeah, so t- uh, Tom misinterprets the take care of it, the take care of the rabbits uh, line. Yeah. As Ted says, uh, he took it in more of an Al Pacino way. Yeah, instead and of a Julie Andrews sort of way. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe Julie Andrews has played like a, a hitman in one of her lesser known roles. No. I wouldn't be confident of it, but uh, I c- you know. Casting directors know. everywhere, get into your notebooks now, get Julie Andrews on the blower. Assassination. You're not getting anywhere near Poppins until yeah. you start doing some. Yeah, pull up your sleeves and start doing, doing some, some murders. El- <laughs> yes, doing some elbows. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you look over your right shoulder there, Graham, as you pointed out earlier, we do have to the southeast of me. Yeah. To, yes, to your to your five to your five o'clock is uh, a picture of Al Pacino, uh, a sort of frame cap of Scarface. Yeah. Uh, and also we have Harvey Keitel and a frame cap from Reservoir Dogs. Looks like one of them rabbits. Actually, he looks like Sampras, doesn't he? He does look like one of those rabbits. Oh, he's black and white. Yeah. God, he's a spit of him, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Ted actually manages to take, decides to back on, back up on the idea of giving them to Tom. When Tom just showed him what he wanted to do, is put them in a vice, and uh, it's a very impressive sword, Tom. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, it is. And like samurai swords would have been very hard to get back in the mid nineties on oh, an island yeah. of Ireland. And Probably uh, smuggle them in the poster tubes. Well, yeah. See, t- I think Tom is a connection for anything you want on, on Craigie Island. He looks like very much that kind of guy. I think the the thing that I like most about Tom, I think Tom's a brilliant character. Yeah. And this is probably his longest on screen in any one go, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it probably is. Say. Yeah, and uh, it sort of shows like the depth of his character. I don't, I'm struggling to think if he comes up again. It's because uh, mm. he has showed up three times, and I think is we, it, this might be the end of it. Yeah. Which would make sense because he's yeah you don't want to go near him after that when no, you no. see what the depth of his uh, depravity like it's when they're coming into his basement room or flat or wherever he lives and he's just sitting staring at the space yeah like, <laughs> chewing on his finger <laughs> and it's just like is that all he does when there's nothing else mm-hmm. going on around him he's just sitting there thinking it's, it's it, yeah. terrifying in a, yeah, in a way and getting the odd episode of Dallas in as well because he's still shot JR <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah he was uh, but Ted was was dangerously close to the range of that uh, samurai sword 
It's almost about to demonstrate what he's going to do. And yeah. Ted was clearly within striking distance. Like. Exactly. He's swinging it like towards him. Health and safety would have an absolute field yeah. day with that. It's like, swing away from you. Well, depending on how, how well he, he, he kept his uh, samurai swords up, like we would have a half a Ted now. Yeah. Half a Ted? Half a Ted. Because they can just, as we've seen in Kill Bill, they just slice through a human. Straight through a human. Yeah. Do you ever watch that... Um, Deadliest Warrior, where they test all the kind of no, historical weapons sort of out against things. They usually use a pig carcass for a human. Oh well, I suppose yeah, that's quite a reasonable one. I can't remember if it went through it thick or skin, like very thick skin. Hmm. So I really thought about that. But uh, but yeah, the pigs, I suppose, because they're already going to get chopped up anyway. That's why. I can't remember exactly how far it went through, but it was a brave distance. Yeah, it was. Right. It would certainly leave a mark. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing, they realise that the rabbits are following Jack, so what they do instead is to sort of harness Jack in his room, and they have to prove to Len anyway that they're going to harness him, because Jack was actually roaming the countryside naked, in a very uh, very brief early scene. Yes, that was, the other, that was another scene. Ah, uh, yes. The, uh, set uh, exterior spooky wood night. Yes, uh, the, uh, the... Well, we have, we have mentioned <laughs> their, their horror film pastiches before. Yeah, this is like a hammer kind of. I was going to say this one was very yes, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking like the old Sherlock Holmes sort of hundred basketballs sort yeah, of idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it clearly had had that sort of influences. But uh, it seems very out of, out of context or something. The, the whole little scene was only about fifteen seconds long or something, and then it seemed to be dropped very quickly, and you didn't know what was happening until Len actually phoned Aye. five minutes later. But uh, yeah, so they have to. Uh, so they have to secure Jack in what is now looks like something in the bedroom for the Adams family. Yeah. The massive cage and the barbed wire and the straight jacket. <laughs> Len compares the uh, the household when he finally arrives to the Castle Police Academy. Yeah. Which I think, uh, I think it's, it's an insult to both Police Academy and Fatherhead. Police Academy? I'm, I'm pretty sure I still haven't seen all of them. I think I maybe just watched the same one about seven times. Uh, the first two are definitely worth watching. Uh, you can sort of cherry pick up to six, and then everything after that is shit, basically. How many are there in total? Like, I think there's seven. Is there seven? I'm trying to think if there's an eighth one, but I don't think there is. But uh, yeah, the first the first Beast kind of movie was genuinely class. I don't think I've ever seen the first one. I think that's the one. I, I, the first couple, which were actually meant to be decent, I think yeah. are the ones I've never seen. The first, well, the <laughs> second one was a, was a worthy sequel, like, uh, it sort of did the job. Of sort of expanding the story, like Jaws two, exactly. Yeah, but it was the same. It was the same police academy. It was. Just, it wasn't a different shark. Ah, right, yeah. right. It's different shark. Different. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking which characters uh, Len had in mind. So Ted would be like Mahoney, the sort of uh, Steve Gutenberg character, who's trying to make the best of a situation that he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dougal. And I thought there might be two for Dougal. Uh, the uh, he'd be either Tackleberry who. He loves his job, but is a bit of a dimwit. The dimwit side of things, but Tackleberry isn't a complete moron. He's but not. Yeah. He, but he does have. He's a moronic tendencies. Yes, so exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or uh, Lieutenant Jones, because he buys his sound effects records later on in the series. Oh, the sound effect. Yeah. Yes. So, there you go. Uh, Father uh, Jack's easy. Father Jack. Well, uh, who are you going to say that was going to be? Bobcat Goldthwait's character Zed, isn't it Zed? Oh yes, Zed. There you go, Bobcat. Uh, Zed. Jugger, Jugger's a good name. <laughs> yes, yeah. very good impression. <laughs> uh, well, I actually had Jack as uh, Faulkner. Do you remember the guy who just leads a trail of destruction everywhere because he just bumps into everything? No, he's uh, he would he'd be the kind of one who would go into a you know a china shop and just wreck everything all around him, 
and also blow up half the street as well without even realizing he'd done anything wrong. Yeah, I don't remember him. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't the most standout character, but he d- he was in quite a lot of the films. But yeah. but I, I, I do like the uh, police academy films. So the first two, anyway, as I said, like sure. they were original characters. Like yeah, like in Hightower, just the massive. Massive guy with a brilliant he was huge. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he used to be a football player. Or I'd imagine so. Yeah, or imagine some sort of athlete. Yeah, maybe NBA. Mm. I don't think it seems his physique's too big to be an NBA. Have you not seen the size of NBA players? Like they're that's huge. nowadays in the eighties though they were skinny like were skinny they? as fuck. Yeah. All ah, right. Like they, they weren't even that hugely tall in the eighties either. Like they were average in about six foot five, six foot seven. Whereas now they're like all routinely about seven foot. It's just like there's a picture of. Sure, everybody's seen it. The one of Shaquille O'Neal and is it Charles Barkley? Right, yeah. Standing next to Dwayne Johnson or The Rock. The Rock, yeah. And they make him look like a little boy. Really, right? They're so much bigger than him. Like even like they're mo- not just height wise, just sheer it's size. Strength, yeah. They would absolutely batter him. Like yeah. Well, I think I think like I don't actually know that much about NBA, but I think Shaq was the first one to have that sort of powerful build as well to go along mm. with his height uh, he was just yeah no he was like particularly big yeah. but was, uh, well now you get like LeBron James is fucking 6'8 or 6'9 yeah, or something he's, and he's built like a brick shit house like and yeah like, just the athleticism it's kind of the norm now isn't it exactly yeah like they would have been I suppose if they had grown up in middle America rather than the cities they would have they would have been playing NFL by this point like but I just remember like back in the old days NBA Jam yes. where it was like you touch as your car balloon and then there was John Stockton, who was the wee, it, on screen, looked like this wee skinny white guy. Right, yeah. I remember like watching some programme and he was on it. And he's still like fucking six foot seven or something. <laughs> it's like, he just looks tiny compared to everybody yeah. else. It's just because they're like another half half a foot taller. Yeah, yeah exactly, like, exactly. He would still like eat you. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, all about context, you know. Well, exactly, yeah, exactly. But Len, Len should uh, shack up with Selma Bouvier from The Simpsons. Selma? Why it's so? Because she was a big fan of Police Academy movies as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they were both fans of MacGyver. MacGyver, but uh, Patty was. Uh, Selma was the one who liked uh, Police Academy movies. Oh, right, mm-hmm. right. Just a little Simpsons aside there. But we've got to have asides. Uh, there is, there is. We've been asiding like mad things, like crabs, like wild crabs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a crab doogle. <laughs> uh, but do we have a drinks cabinet entry as well? I think it has been in before though. But the really? one we drank, uh, drank today was the Powers. It was Powers whiskey. Yes, yeah. I didn't notice that actually. It was. It's normally. Well, no, it's just various it's different just things. Just various. But I did see a martini bottle on his little. Yeah, there's the been. A, it looked like martini. The Rosso one. It wasn't yeah. the white one. It was. Uh, but uh, yeah. Unusual. Uh, and Mrs. Doyle shows her incompetence once again when she decides to uh, do a bit of DIY on on Len's car. Bishop Brennan. I thought I should tell you your car is parked outside. Yes, I know it is. I parked it there myself. The tires look a bit flat. I could give them a bit of a blow up for you at the pump. No. What kind of air do you normally put in them? We have ordinary or well, that's all we have actually. <laughs> and if you're looking for the wipers, I have them in the kitchen. What? They look like they needed a little wash. The only trouble is, I broke the side window while I was snapping them off. Leave my car alone and don't touch it again. 
Just one question, Your Grace. Is your car diesel or petrol? Leave it alone, Mrs. Dial. Oh, no, 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 no. This is just curiosity, Your Grace. Diesel it's or... It's diesel, it's diesel. Right, so it's not petrol. No, it's not petrol. Right, so it would do a terrible amount of damage if I put petrol in. Yes, it would. It would completely ruin the car's engine. Well? <laughs> I certainly won't be doing that, then. <laughs> Just to let you know, the car is is parked outside. Yes, I parked it there. <laughs> I parked it there myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of Polly McGlynn's best bits as Mrs. Doyle. Yes, I think. Yeah. She was, she's only in it for like two very short brief Third. scenes. Yeah. What was the other scene? Uh, she, well, at the start of the episode, I can't remember what she was chatting about, but Dougal had to be prompted. Oh, Mrs. Doyle is the oh, name. Oh yes, she kind of walks in. She like, yeah, yeah, and this. This is like one of our best scenes for Mrs. Yeah, exactly, Doyle. Exactly, yeah. You know. But it's one, she's not talking about tea for once, which I'm sure Pauline uh, Lynn probably sank her teeth right into, like, because it's uh, she's probably desperate to speak about anything else apart from fucking tea or sandwiches. I know, <laughs> yeah. It's just the bit where she's like prostrating herself towards Bishop <laughs> Brown. Yes. He, put, he puts his hands up in the kind of. It's from behind, but you just see him put his hands up, like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big deal, okay. And. Yeah, he's, he's probably happy that somebody actually acknowledges his station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then Ted decides to finally retire and he heads up the stairs and Ted, Ted's trying to keep him out of the room and any excuse just to keep him out of that room so he starts uh, lavishing praise upon him. I'd just like to say, can I shake your hand? Well done. <laughs> really, come here to me. I hate you. <laughs> so all that means absolutely nothing to me. Oh, God, I'm after falling down the stairs. <laughs> what happened? Would you believe I just fell down the stairs there? But are you, are you injured? Uh, I don't know. I, I have a bit of a twinge, all right. My arm, I, I can't move. Uh, you want somebody to call an ambulance? Ah, no, I think I'll just lie here for a while. Rest is probably the best thing for me now, yeah. Right. Ah, yes, bit of a rest, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, did you see that documentary last night about Hiroshima? <laughs> Who, who'd have thought an atomic bomb could do so much damage? I'm going to bed, Quilly. <laughs> I'm all right, Bishop. I'm fine now, thanks. Phew! <laughs> hey, did Len find the rabbits? <laughs> what did he say? God, look, I'd better tell you. I'm, I'm... Did he call me Len again? <laughs> you address me by my proper title, you little bollocks. Uh, Len isn't too oppressed. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. That means nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell there's a real bile there. Like, clearly, Ted has been a real thorn in his side over that over that money that was resting in his account. Like, oh, yeah, there's reference to that earlier in the yeah, episode was, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, what's the line? It's from Dougal whenever he says... God, if he'd send down a plague of rabbits just because you said feck to Bishop Brennan, imagine what he'll do when he finds out about all the money you stole from that charity. <laughs> Dougal, Dougal, that money was just resting my account before I moved it on. Ted! No, it was strictly a non-profit-making what? subsidiary account. Ted! <laughs> it was just resting in my account. It was, it was a just a, a subsidiary account. It was <laughs> just resting there temporarily. And... Yeah, no. So, uh, uh, that must have been a real fucking hames down at the... Down at the uh, parish council or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ted, Ted's, apart from that, like Ted couldn't have done that much to, to Len, like. No. But I think just Len's a bit of a hateful kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's sort of gotten his, in his uh, crosshairs, I know. was just going to get it. He's going to get it worse with him. 
Uh, all those people looking at you now thinking how did how did that Egypt become bishop yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> like, even Ted's uh, attempted at buttering up yeah. came up as very very uh, <laughs> condescending and then of course if, uh, another person doesn't address him by his proper station don't call me Len you little bollocks I know that's that's one of the funniest bits like the chastising Dougal for constantly calling him Len, Len yeah. like, sorry bishop Len Brennan <laughs> <laughs> it's really good the guy who plays Len, I used to know his name, but I can't remember it now. Do you know it? I had it in one of the earlier episodes. Uh, He's really good. He's really, really good actor. Um, just every scene he's in, he, he doesn't do a bad scene. He doesn't. You know what I mean? He's a really good character anyway, but he does it so well, I couldn't imagine anybody else coming close. Well, exactly. I mean, he was uh, he was a BAFTA-nominated actor. Or not BAFTA, sorry. Tony... Olivier award winning actor which has been yeah. the stage acting award like so they were clearly they were clearly identifying top actors he knows his chops like he's yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, I have it here somewhere but a lot of those guys do you know it's um, on the whole it's very well acted as a series because there's certain like sitcoms where there's there's not really any straight characters in Father Ted as such you know what I mean yeah. it's like in certain ones it's like certain shows there's the funny characters and then there's the kind of just normal extras who are like members of the public and act completely normally yes you never get that yeah there's no there's yeah there's no there's no red shirts as they would say in Star Wars or Star Trek yeah I mean it's like it shows like going back to Folly Towers again but no. the guests would be completely straight you know just like normal people and like thrown in this unusual situation but in Father Ted everybody's kind of a bit yeah everyone brings their weird. own uh, yeah their own sort of quirks and eccentricities to everything like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah and I think I think like I've said this before like Ted is his audience surrogate and that he's the sort of one that people can immediately relate to yeah uh, but he's still a very funny character with again his own quirks and eccentricities and even though he is the audience surrogate, usually that's for me that's usually the most boring character but he, by, he is still one of the most popular characters in the show even though he he doesn't get the big, the big uh, pantomime lines. He doesn't get the uh, slapstick moments or anything. Well, he does when he jumps through windows and stuff. But With the brick landing on his head. And yeah, all those <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely definitely. And yes, the uh, let's go back to horror movie pastiches. Uh, when Jack actually escapes from the from the room, is that a horror film that you can think of? With all the CCTV, the CCTV cameras? cameras like flicking through them all. I can't I, I love my horror movies yeah and I can't think of one that predates that I can't think I'm trying I'm like racking my brains trying to think of a horror movie which was before that point which was what 1996 or 7 yeah 96 one where they had the idea of scanning through the different CCTV cameras to find the image of what's going on Exactly. Like, yeah. There's loads of fine footage, footage films do it now, and like paranormal activities basically built around that. Yeah, that's the whole in one way or another. But I can't think of one. No, I'm, I'm prior I'm, to that. Neither can I. And like I, I study film foundation for uh, when is it? Got it. What is it? There is. Oh wait, no. Could you even count it? I don't even remember the name of it. But there's Night of the Wolf or something. It's like an old like 80s era werewolf movie right okay and well, what's his name's in it Peter Cushing's in it and he's about the only person in it that you've ever heard of right okay and it's about this wealthy American hunter has gathered 
a group of guests from all around the world to his stately home for the weekend because he suspects that one of them is a werewolf and he wants to hunt it. Oh, okay, right. And there's cameras and motion sensors and things set up all around the estate and the grounds are all like passes oh, okay. of forest and things. Okay. And it's like a who's done it thing of uh, who is the werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's planned, obviously, this elaborate actually dinner party. Like quite a good setup. It's actually not a bad movie. Yeah. I can't remember that. It's, I think it might be called Night of the Wolf or something. I'm... It's true, isn't it? <laughs> Peter Cushing werewolf movie. You'll probably get about seventy. It's one of them. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that is where they got it from then, because I don't think so. Though. Like, I mean, they can't think of a scene that's you know exactly like it, but the concept is kind of in there, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's tenuous. As soon as I saw it, I immediately thought they're parodying a horror film, and then I was like, but which horror film would have had that pre ninety six? Like, like you said, since since Brer Witch, there've been loads of. Um, Films that have used uh, sort of CCTV cameras, and there's even been yeah. like, uh, Manhunt, the video game, was oh, all yeah, based yeah. around uh, CCTV cameras to create effect. But uh, so this is something they, they sort of I, I dare to say it invented, maybe potentially. Yeah. I mean, as I say, that one film it was more the concept of having CCTV CCTV cameras set up around the place to be able to search for something in a kind of horror setting. Yeah. I don't remember a scene exactly looking like that though. Right, okay, so, so there you go, Declan Lowney, horror film aficionado. Maybe. Uh, horror film uh, pioneer. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I suppose they weren't as big a thing back or prior. Well, I suppose CCTV was kind of getting big around the 90s, yeah, and, exactly. 90s and stuff, so again, it's kind of culturally relevant, maybe. Do, 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 remember, do you remember back in the day when you could actually see a CCTV because they were freaking massive? And there might be one in like a ten, exactly hundred meter yeah. radius. Exactly. Whereas now, like there, there is a in London. I, I don't think you can actually go from one place to another within zone one without, without being, being constantly on CCTV camera. Yeah. yeah like I've even heard inside that. the buses and stuff, and on the tube trains and everything. So they could follow you from. But they've got all those lampposts, and they look like lampposts. Yes. You know the kind of old style ones. Yeah. They're quite low down. They've got cameras and microphones in them. So they can well. hear you, yeah. Oh, right, okay, right. So they can, they are like constantly recording. And if certain words are mentioned near it, it picks up and it starts recording the conversation. I'm um, tracking them around the lights as people are walking, just in case anybody's talking about any illegal activity or plots and things. Well, I've sat under probably many of those lampposts without realizing and spoken of revolutionary ideas. <laughs> Freak them out and yeah. walk around going, bam, 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 bam. The, the digital file of James McInesby, uh, revolutionary ideas, is probably about four terabytes for this point. <laughs> Has that van always been parked outside yeah. your house? Flowers by Irene? Flowers <laughs> by Irene, yeah. God, Ted, there's loads more in here. Look at this one. Doesn't he look like that fella? Um, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Harvey Keitel? God, Dougal. How could a rabbit look like a God almighty? Spitting image on me. <laughs> anyway, Drew, we haven't time to think about things like that. Come on, let's get them all. Get that fella there, please. Come on, lads, come on. Come on, lads. Come on, lads. Come on. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Ted, the bunnies are gone. Oh, God. Where's Jack? Oh, my God. Not the bishop's room. Come on, Dougal. Dougal, get as many as you can. Come on. All right, Ted. Come on, lads. Find that one on your foot. Oh, sweetie. Come on, lads. 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 Come 
Just a bad dream, Your Grace. <laughs> Over in the mood. Jack has left the room and has decided to uh, keep up with Len. He, he managed to do well to get out of that uh, bed, by the way. I know, yeah. It's like, took him about 10 seconds, exactly. maybe. <laughs> the entire time it took uh, Ted to marvel at Harvey Keitel's lookalike. Harvey Keitel lookalike rabbit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's in Jack's bathroom. And uh, then he goes into bed and obviously all the rab rabbits follow him with him. So Len wakes up just as Ted and Dougal are trying to sneak out the two rabbits. And they're just caught with the two rabbits in their hand. So it looks like they're putting them into the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best bit. It's just like, it's such a good idea having it like that. Just like, yeah. Thinking well, it's some sort of revenge attack against them or something. And uh, well, yeah, so he wakes up and just a bad dream, your race. Yeah. And for a it second, he nearly spies it. But I mean, they must have known that was going to be an issue because they'd literally just sent Len to bed about four minutes before that. I know. So <laughs> he couldn't have been that deep asleep yet. <laughs> um, he must have been very tired from the the ferry journey the or ferry however he got over and the, the travel. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Taking out of his uh, lovely home, as he said, to deal with the police academy types. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Len then has a uh, another night. Well, he has his night terrors back again when he wakes up screaming. Yeah, wakes up screaming. Jack naked in bed beside yeah. him, <laughs> surrounded by rabbits. That's not a good way. To so, well, therapists do say the best way to. A process of phobia so confronted head on like he couldn't really get yeah much more head on than that really i watched a tv program about a woman getting cured of her phobia of spiders really yeah it started off they took a small a spider in a basin and right. she had to like put her hand in the basin with a spider in the basin there was no water in the basin it's not because that right. would be animal cruelty that would kill the spider. <laughs> and um not yeah. even touching it and just letting it, her hand be there near a small spider and then they increased the size of the spider and made her touch it and shit and, and eventually she was fine with them yeah right okay right. she was able to like handle tarantulas and stuff and oh so yeah let them crawl like over her arm pets and stuff and i don't know if she I, they, they don't follow her down the line so <laughs> they're not going deep into her psychology of why she was afraid of spiders or is it I just i think it's just one it was the general like loads of people are scared of spiders it was one of those ones but is that like the is that some sort of something in our collective memory or something that there's spiders or something that have? I remember there's a theory about like spiders, snakes, things like that. People have a genetic fear of it because from ancient human history days, whenever they were able to cause you quite a significant amount of harm mm, and yeah. damage because there was no medical treatment, it's like you're always scared of the snake or scared of the spider yeah. or the darkness or fire and all those kinds of things so yeah, yeah. that's why they're all common phobias like it's kind of bred into your genetics uh, like, said, like the collective memory that it's all something that's sort of passed down it's each like generation the interesting question can memory actually go into your genetics well or into your genes i think it probably would you know um because there's zygotes that are you know they can trace it back like 200 generations or something like zygotes yeah are just reproducing the same cell within inside themselves or something like that. I'm not too sure what it is, but mm -hmm. it'll still have the same biological information in it, like. Isn't that though like the entire premise of the Assassin's Creed series? It's all about genetic memory. Like if you're related yeah. to somebody, they have this machine that'll send you back to experience their memories through your genes. Through your genes, right, yeah. But there, I think the the principle of genetic memory is something that, you know, it's a theory or I well, people think yeah I mean, could be well we still haven't discovered what the energy source is that gives us consciousness so how do we not know that that energy source whatever it is is just uh, is maintained like the, you don't lose energy as we all know so it's just maintained through generations 
Yeah. Um, I mean, and the laws of energy, like, you know, you can't create it, you can't destroy it, so what happens whenever... Yeah, exactly, yeah. So The 11 gram thing, whenever a body dies, it loses, it's like, like 11, grams, 11 grams, and they can't work out what it is. It's, a, it's your soul. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Is it the weight of electricity in a human brain? Uh, no. Yeah. No? <laughs> well, I don't know, I, I doubt it. Well, there's something going on inside there that we have very little knowledge of. I think there's something fishy going on, and we should get some scientists to look into these things. Do you know what it actually is? Just what? figured it out. What? So when they pull the plug out of your head in the Matrix? That's it there. Yeah. Weighs exactly 11 grams. 11 grams of just pure copper. Yeah. <laughs> You've nailed it. There we go. Yeah. All off the search, guys. Yeah, so we can wrap it up there then. Like, uh, what's your. Like, you, you sort of heard my opinion, so what, what's yours? You're, are, you, are you happy enough just to call this a solid episode, would you? I'm, or? I'm a very, very fickle person, and I started off thinking, I really like this episode, and then you said, it's not one of the best, though, and I was like, yeah, you're right, it really isn't one of the best. Yeah. So um, the more we kind of talked about it and uh, analysed it, yeah, it's a good episode in general across, like, comedy as a whole. For Father Ted, I would tend to agree with you. It isn't one of the best no no I, I mean I was looking forward to this episode because again like everyone remembers this episode because as a idea it's funny it's a really funny idea and yeah. the visualization of it is really funny because there's a lot of rabbits running around the place it's just funny like it's but they try to stretch it out and they stretch it out far too thin I think and there's a lot of padding mm. in the script like there's a lot of times when the script is just going over itself or Dougal was sitting there thinking of an answer for you know a good 10 to 30 seconds yeah uh, which you know it felt like a lot of padding because there and I mean again it's, it's entirely forgivable because as you said it is the longest series and everything and this is probably the mid-series dip uh, and you know, they can't all be singers. That's they, exactly, yeah. yeah. They can't. Yeah, you can't all. Can't all be hundred percent. There has to be the, the standard episodes to show how good the great episodes were. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 still think there's. You could probably take your radio times out and point your finger randomly at any comedy program, and that episode there is better than exactly that show's best episode. Exactly. It's yeah. still better than that. Exactly. But this is standard of filler, as we said before. Yeah. It's like the John Stockton. John Stockton compared to Carvalho. It may be short, but compared to you know everybody else, yeah, it's exactly, still huge. exactly. Um, yeah, he's still about six or seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how you make links between things. Yeah. This is scripted. Um, Come full circle. <laughs> but um, no, I'd agree with you. It's not the best, but it's uh, it's not the best for Father Ted. But it's still very good in general for just comedy. Exactly. Yeah. They're all worth watching. Exactly. Yeah. See, several, several times over. A lot of shows would have this as their standout episode. I know. And you know, this is the sort of this is the dead weight episode of Father Ted. Like that just shows how much higher Father Ted is than standard sitcom fare. Like it's it would be something to be very proud of. Yeah. Just to go with like that was our weak one. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. What? <laughs> and it's still it's still beloved by many. Like people still yeah. remember the biggest laughs from Full it. Full memories of it. I think watching it the first time because I mean I would have been watching it whenever I was about. 12, 13? 12, 13. Uh, were you watching it when it was on TV, I suppose? Yeah, yeah first time around TV, would have watched it. And that kind of age, when you're starting to kind of find out what you like, what you don't like, um, in terms of everything, like comedy, yeah. music, whatever. Um, that was definitely, like, Father Ted was a big hit for me, and you just loved everything. Yeah, exactly. But you were easily pleased when you were that age. Well, the thing was, you were sort of, at that age, well, for us, uh, at that age, we had four or six channels depending if you could get RTE or not mm -hmm. and you're entirely uh, beholden to their schedule there wasn't even a plus one back then kids 
Stone Age Kids. One. Is it Pre Channel Five? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Channel Five came out in '97, I think. Was it set in '97? Because the Spice Girls launched it, and they were Ugh. they were absolutely you know, it was after they'd done they'd become world famous, but before Jerry had left, where there's still five of them. That, that, that brief little window when Father you know, Channel Five managed to jump on that bandwagon, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's yeah. So you had four channels. You're tired of beholden to that. So you get your Simpsons at six p.m. in the evening. Surely this was pre-Simpsons. No, Simpsons, Simpsons was still on Sky One. Uh, no, at this stage. I think it was around this point that it was coming on BBC Two and RT as well. Was it BBC Two first, and then it moved on to Channel Four? Uh, yeah, it was BBC Two had it for about maybe ten years. I think yeah. Really? Yeah, they had it for a while, while like. Oh, um, right. But yeah, it was about 95, 96 when they finally got, finally got it. Because you remember, you used to hearing about it all the time. And oh, yeah, Sky people didn't show up about it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you get the odd VHS of three episodes, and they were all hilarious. Three? Yeah. I remember I got one whenever I was, uh, God knows what, age, seven or eight, and there was maybe two on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, like, even to this day, I still watch them, like, repetitively because there was no sky in the house. Right yeah, then, so. exactly, yeah. But it was like moaning Lisa on Homer's Odyssey, and I still just uh, are, yeah. No, those are the old story-based episodes, you know, where they were kind of lighting the lass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the one I had was uh, Call of the Simpsons and Bart the Genius. It's Call of the Simpsons, the one where they all go camping. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll call it there then. Um, and say, say it's pretty safe, not a top five uh, contender, but hopefully the show is. Hopefully the episode is. Yeah, oh, the, the podcast the episode, episode is the podcast episode uh, twelve is obviously a top five uh, contender because you know they all are aren't they <laughs> they are aren't they yeah. they all have lovely bottoms joint joint top five they've <laughs> all got lovely bottoms and speaking of lovely bottoms we will be discussing the lovely bottoms next week fantastic uh, we're still trying to confirm guests to that and possibly it might be a another sort of different setting episode I might I might uh, move out of the flat a location setting a location yes not not a road show now because that's that's going to a, a different landmass. Involved. Yeah. yeah, can't be doing that. Don't don't want to be fiddling about over there. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, stay tuned for that and uh, give us a like and a like and subscribe and uh, review on iTunes. Uh, Facebook.com slash ecumenical matters. Where can people find your stuff, uh, Mark? Mark, Graham, Mark, Mark. Sorry. What? <laughs> I've had um, doing this, just mixing up everyone's names. Where can you find your stuff, Graham? It will find out whenever it's actually been made. <laughs> so um, well, I will keep you. I will keep the. Uh, I'll keep the congregation posted then when Alan Partridge podcast gets uh, released, and hopefully get stalled in it. Yes, indeed. Well, so. Yes, it would be nice to the return journey, so to speak. The away leg. The away, yeah. the away fixture. Well, thanks very much for listening, and bless you. <laughs> <laughs>